Biathlon is a unique Olympic event. It challenges participants with opposing athletic endeavors in a singular competition. It combines the heart-pumping aerobic aspects of cross-country skiing matched with the intense focus of precision marksmanship, two diametrically opposing forces testing every ounce of physical and mental strength of athletes. Welcome to Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. With each episode, Heartbeat brings you insights into this fascinating sport. And how about a shout out to Heartbeat sponsor, Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon. In sport, sponsors are often thought of as companies seeking exposure for their brand. When Aaron's joined the U.S. Biathlon family a few years ago, it quickly became so much more than that. The sponsorship grew to a true partnership for the family-owned Wisconsin industrial company known globally for its snowblowers and lawnmowers. After seeing the sport for the first time at an IBU World Cup in Ruhpolding, Aaron's president, Dan Aaron's, thought, how can we bring this sport to our Wisconsin community? After a few years of planning with U.S. Biathlon leader Max Cobb and noted trail designer John Morton and some motivating visits from Olympians Deja Irwin and Paul Schomer, this past winter, the Aarons Nordic Center came to life in east-central Wisconsin. Located on 200 acres at Round Lake Farms in Brilliant, the center features year-round trails and a 20-point biathlon range. The Wisconsin Center has quickly become a destination in a state where Nordic skiing is king in the winter. Today on Heartbeat, we're joined by two individuals who have each played a key role. First, Aaron's Managing Director of Hospitality, Monica Aaron's, who navigated the design phases and construction over the past two years. Monica is joined by Sean Becker, a longtime Wisconsin Trails Manager who joined the team last year to run the center and to create programming for the public as well as Aaron's employees. Now let's head to the Aaron's Nordic Center in Brilliant, Wisconsin to chat with Monica Aaron's and Sean Becker on Heartbeat. And this week on Heartbeat, we're traveling back to my home state of Wisconsin. We're going to talk about the Aaron's Nordic Center and with me right now, Monica Aaron's and also Sean Becker. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us on Heartbeat. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So what's going on right now? It's uh, it's uh, early to mid-March. Uh, what's going on back in Wisconsin and up in brilliant Wisconsin today? Well, we're still trying to have people ski at this point. You know, some people have a little uh, you know, fatigue from the season. Um, I think a lot of people are through some of the marathons. One of the last um, big marathons in, in, the, in the UP is happening this weekend. And I imagine some people after that are going to put on the storage wax and hang the skis up for the season. But as of this morning, uh, we groomed last night. We have um, probably 15 people out here skiing right now, a school group of about 60 kids out learning how to ski today. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just trying to We'll extend the season as long as we can here, as long as people want to ski. Cool. Well, Sean, we're going to come back to you and talk a little bit more about skiing, the development of the uh, of the Nordic Center this year. Monica, I want to go to you first. Uh, a little bit unusual uh, to have a, a company like Aaron's uh, involved in a project like this. And we're going to talk about how Aaron's got into biathlon and into cross country. But first, why don't you give us a little background on yourself and how you got to this point here of uh, being involved with the Nordic Center? Yeah, sounds great. So, oh boy, where do I start? A lot's happened in a short period of time here. <laughs> so Aaron's company is a uh, fifth generation outdoor power equipment company here in Brilliant, Wisconsin. Uh, our primary focus is on snowblowers and lawnmowers. And uh, why does the outdoor power equipment 
company care about a Nordic center uh, is usually the first question we get. And um, <clears throat> really, it, it's a really funny, uh, the stars aligned type of story here of why, how we got to this point with the Nordic center. And really, uh, if you boil it down, it, it all started with our sponsorship of the U.S. biathlon team in 2019 or 2018 through our visits over experiencing the World Cup in uh, Europe and building those relationships. Two of the athletes, Deidre and Paul, are from our local area. And through experiencing biathlon, it kind of gave us a taste for what this is all about. And one of our focuses here in Brilliant, Wisconsin is building the community that we have here and um, what's our long-term strategy for the community and working with the people that live here in the community. And there's been some property that's been in the family and through experiencing uh, biathlon in Europe and the sponsorship and those relationships, it was like, wow, Dan Aaron's had this idea, like, well, maybe we could do this in Wisconsin. And we had then Max Cobb and John Morton come out and look at our property and said, wow, you actually have something really cool here. And we said, let's go. Um, so <laughs> it's really uh, quite a unique story. Um, and really, we just opened for the first time here in December for our snow season. And things happened very quickly. And it's really about building the community here in Brilliant and creating Brilliant to be a place where people want to live, work and play. We've been in Brilliant <clears throat> since the late 1800s. We're on our fifth generation. We don't plan on going anywhere. And we know that it, and to sustain ourselves for future generations, it's more than just us. It's the community. And what what things can we be doing here to activate and really uh, get people to be a want get people to want to be a part of our community. Um, and we thought a Nordic center with biathlon and our key partners that we have with USBA and beyond that, uh, it just felt like a really great fit and it has been. So it's been really fun project to be a part of. It's a once in a lifetime thing that, yeah. Well, let's move away from let's move away from biathlon for just a minute and uh, talk about Aaron's the company, a family-run company, as you said, in its fifth generation right now. Uh, I know Aaron's as a, one of the world's leading maker of makers of snowblowers. I'm wishing this year that I had one, but uh, <laughs> I'll do that at some point. But but tell us a little bit about the company. Uh, uh, it's based in Wisconsin and the family origins that still continue on today. Yeah. So. Uh Dan Aarons leads our company. He is fourth generation and <clears throat> the fifth generation has made its way into the business. So uh, really we are, our headquarters are here in Brilliant, Wisconsin, but we do have a global footprint. And that's really kind of the draw of why we were interested in uh, sponsoring USBA in Europe. So we do have a manufacturing facility in the UK. Uh, we have key distributors throughout uh, the, the world as well. Um, so we don't just have a local national footprint here. Our products are throughout the world. Um, and we do have, uh, another brand called Gravely. That is a, our commercial, uh, lawn equipment, uh, zero turns are the focus of that brand, but we, we are here in Brilliant. Um, we have about 1800 employees here and that is, growing quickly. Um, and our footprint here in the States is growing as well as we're, we've been opening uh, other facilities more in the Southern States. 
to really help feed our the demand that there is for lawnmowers and snowblowers throughout uh, the states here and beyond. So that is where the outdoor power equipment business is right now. And we are continuing to grow and expand. And it's really a fun time to be a part of the company. When Dan Aarons first was connected with Biathlon, I know that you, I don't think that you were there at that time, but what were some of the impressions that he was left with when he went to an IBU World Cup over in Europe? Yeah, I think just the 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 atmosphere of going there. And I was actually with him um, in Rupolding. It was myself, my husband, Stephen, Dan and his wife, Julie. And it's quite an experience that Americans don't really even know exists. And so we were over there and it was like, holy cow, where are we? <laughs> uh, like just kind of in awe, the atmosphere of the spectators, like everybody's just having a great time with each other. You don't really get that rivalry between two teams. It's everyone's there to just celebrate and celebrate these athletes who are very competitive and watching the sport too and how easy they make it look. Um, not until you try it, you realize how difficult it really is. And I think attending and just seeing the heritage of Wisconsin being uh, European and cross-country skiing being a very common winter recreation sport here that many people in Wisconsin do participate in and just the connection to that heritage and thinking, wow, this could be really fun for us in Brillian and um, experiencing it on another level like that with the IBU World Cup is quite something. And I think that that experience just resonated and made Dan think big. Dan's a big thinker. He, he, he doesn't think on a small scale. He thinks big long-term. Um, and so it was, wow, how do we do this in Brilliant? How can we get this to be in Brilliant? <laughs> and so that's really, I think, what it's boiled down to. And when John and Max came for the first time, Dan was like, I'm going to have a World Cup here in Brilliant. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, do you know what that means? <laughs> yes. So it's pretty funny. You know, I, you you guys are right down the road from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you're a, uh, as a company, are very engaged with the Packers. When you go to Rupolding and you see crowds similar to the size that football puts into Lambeau Field, I'm sure that had a big impression. That's a great place to go to your first IBU World Cup. It really is. And, you know, when people ask, what is that experience like? I always kind of compare it to, and Dan would say the same thing. It's like you get the the spectator experience, the fan experience of an NFL football game, but then like the hospitality of like a PGA golf tournament too, where you like the VIP experience can be, it's a, you're wine and dine and there's beer and uh, just, it's great. Uh, so it's like kind of those two worlds collide. And that's what an IBU World Cup is, uh, from my perspective anyway. And yeah, I think you you got it there. Having the Packers just 30 minutes north of us here, it really resonated in that way. We're going to come back to you, Monica, in a bit. Sean, I want to go to you and talk about uh, the actual Nordic Center itself. And before we do, give us a little bit of your background. I know that you have an extensive background in Wisconsin and working with trails and trail development and program management. Uh, you probably saw this job come up and wondered, wow, this might be an interesting, exciting new opportunity. That that's, that's is one way to put it. Um, I, I had a lot of uh, friends of mine that were sending me emails about this that said this this job's got your name written all over it you know i had been away from 
the, the snowmaking, uh, snow grooming world for about 10 years um, after my son was born. And prior to that, uh, built a, a, a necessary snowmaking operation in the southern kettles of uh, Wisconsin, down where I live. And uh, part of that was that we really needed to have guaranteed snow. And we bought a bunch of old snow gun parts from a park that was closing down. And, uh, and then we built uh, this operation from, from really from nothing, from an old fire pump and a collapsible tank to a viable snowmaking operation. But it was fairly small and only a couple kilometers at the time and, and uh, didn't have really good, couldn't really get a good bite on uh, high pressure and high capacity. And, and, um, I had ventured out and started doing a mobile uh, snow grooming operation, partnering with uh, with a mall of all things and a couple of ski shops and a, and a hospital, and uh, we would groom uh, snow trails, uh, ski trails uh, on the roof of a parking structure in in the urban area, and which had lights and had a natural hill on it, and then we would uh, do free ski lessons for people to try to expose people in that area to the sport, uh, where they normally wouldn't get to do that, and and then did that in another uh, another. Uh, rural setting as well and uh, developed a master's program and it was all based out of just trying to give back to uh, a sport that you know was a lifestyle growing up for me that treated me so well growing up that uh, I wanted to help kind of give back into that I never really lost touch with skiing I still skied through those years um, consistently and, and and really tried not to miss Berkey's if I could and skied in the Caymanons in between that and then when this came up this was a, a some you know multiple people said you you've got to go look at this. So uh, it, it, it read to me, what I was reading was like, this is way too good to be true. Snowmaking operation, that's a, a Mercedes Benz system, you know, or, a, you know, a Maybach system. And it's going to be, you know, roller skiing and huge capacity pond and, and biathlon and all this stuff. And I'm just like, wow, this is way too good to be true. And uh, I called, talked to Monica for a little bit and uh, she didn't get scared of me. So I figured this might be okay to do. Uh, you know, came up here and, and just worked through kind of said from the 50 yard line, we kind of worked from where she had it. And, and, and still she's been involved with every step of the way uh, still to this point, which has been great to have somebody to partner with where it wasn't just boom, here you go, have at it. You know, it's, there's still a great team here that, that we work with to get us to this point. So it's, um, it's, it's really been a, it's been an amazing journey so far. And I just, you know, we're still kind of just started here this year. Sean, how many Berkeys do you have now? I think this is 19 this year. Wow. So I'm trying to get that's, that birch legging bibs bib that's, before I... That's, that's amazing. Let's talk about the trail network itself. John Morton developing these trails. And give us a little rundown on what the Nordic Center has uh, uh, for facilities, both the uh, trail system and also the biathlon range. Yeah. So we've got our trail systems uh, kind of divided into a north and a south half. We have five kilometers of man-made snow trails. Uh, on the south half, we have three kilometers of roller ski trails. That goes through our 20-point Kerbin and um, electronic biathlon range. So I, at some point, I want to get the picture, and maybe it'll be next year, but I want to have one foot on a roller ski and one foot on the snow. So the transition can happen when a skier wants to make the transition. Uh, so we can keep people, you know, skiers are made in the summer. We want to keep them skiing as long, roller skiing as long as we can, and then get them on snow as soon as possible. So that's the nice thing about about this setup and and we have uh we don't have any major like an a climb or anything like that here for being you know homologated fist homologated but we do have for the biathlon we we do have elevation for distance so um all the way from 
the athletes that can ski and shoot there through the para uh, target system that that these guys were so smart and putting in in the beginning that now we have a 10 meter para target 10 points of para uh, air and uh, infrared as well as um, vi so visual impaired skiers are able to um, ski and shoot as well um, so that's all based right there in within our uh, roller ski network as well it's really cool to see that uh, uh, the para capability. I was at the uh, World Cup finals for para biathlon and cross country uh, out in Utah, and it's it's fascinating to to look at the to to watch the visually disabled skiers and the system that's in place for them to use audible cues to zero in their shots. So it's just remarkable that you have that as well. Uh, Monica, I want to go back to you to talk a little bit about the development decisions on this before Sean came on board. You know, you had this vision uh, that, that Dan had seen over in Roop Holding. You wanted to put this thing in, in Brilliant. I know you had help from USBA, but how do you start? Where do you start? Who did you go to to get the expertise to decide what you wanted to build in Brilliant? Yeah. And I, it all started, I was just looking back at my calendar and I was like, when, when was it? How, well, how did this even start? And it was April 26th of 2021 when Max Cobb and John Morton came and met with Dan. And I had a event on my calendar that said, discuss biathlon event with Max and John. <laughs> and boy, if I would have known where this was going to go from there. <laughs> um, but really it just, it started with John and Max coming to Brilliant and walking our property to tell, to say, Hey, this is, you've got something to work with or no, you don't. So, and they were pleasantly surprised, uh, with the terrain that we had to work with. And from that meeting, it was getting the direction from Max and John, and they helped align us with key partners. And there's another individual on the errands team. His name is Jesse. And he really served as like a, a project manager for us with all the different contractors and, entities involved to help us pull this off from the groundwork, the earthwork, the civil engineering work, um, laying the piping for the snowmaking system. We use the, the energy company here in Wisconsin to lay and uh, weld the pipe network for us. So he was instrumental in connecting us with the right contractors too, to help pull this off and time this thing out appropriately. So it was definitely a team effort and um, John and Max were both very dedicated to this project where we had, we're fortunate enough to have them on weekly meetings with us. And we had just had weekly meetings uh, with a group of those key players uh, to keep this thing moving and helping us make decisions because there's no, there's no playbook to create a Nordic center that you can buy off the shelf that tells you how to do it. So we were fortunate that we just met regularly and um, got the right experts involved at the right time to help us make good decisions. Our biggest thing was that we wanted to do it right the first time. And I think overall, we've essentially achieved that. There's always things that pop up as once you get working, but it was really a great, great team of individuals that we had involved that pulled this off together. It was no one person. It was, and everyone was so excited because no one's really built a Nordic center before in this area. And so it was a new and exciting thing that many people and different skill sets were able to participate in are really thrilled to be able to say, Hey, I, I was a part of that project. Sean, had you ever worked with John Morton before on trails? No, I'm, uh, I knew of him. I've read his books, um, but I've never worked with him before on a trail building, uh, trail design. 
So let's talk a little bit more about the trails. So you come on site and you've got to develop programs around these trails, good trail network. But when you when you look at those trails, how do you translate those into programs for the community and for the sport in the Midwest? Well, the way that, that John developed these um, and laid out different um, elevations, so we've got kind of the easy and medium and, and or more difficult, most difficult areas that people can get into those different um, different areas based on their abilities. We can identify that with them, like with school groups, we put them in our stadium area um, or in our penalty loop area, which is large, flat. They can work in those areas on, on disciplines. Um, as we get into lessons, we can identify how, how uh, far along the person is and where we can put them so we don't get them into uh, in a tough situation where they would hate sport after having to walk down a hill or, or crashing something like that so um it was very very well laid out in that respect and as well with it was so good to hear that we had that para aspect so that we do have an 800 meter loop that's basically you know flat for somebody to ski you know in a sit ski or however however they whatever their situation is they're able to make it around without any you know any areas that inhibit them from being able to do that we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Monica Aarons and Sean Becker about the Aarons Nordic Center. We'll be right back on Heartbeat. I want to fill you in on a new U.S. biathlon partner, Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. biathlon. Paul Smith's College takes great pride in the programs that it has established to offer athletes a college education and sports-specific training, all nestled in New York's Adirondacks. From an outstanding trail network to its eight-point biathlon range, Paul Smith's College is a great environment for athletes who want a small college located in a sports-centric region. To learn more, go to paulsmithsbobcats.com. That's paulsmithsbobcats.com. And now let's get back to the Aaron's Nordic Center on Heartbeat. And Heartbeat is back with Monica Aarons and Sean Becker. We're talking today about the Aarons Nordic Center. And uh, Sean, I want to continue with you and just talk about the impact that programs are having on the community in Brilliant. And by the way, for folks who don't know where Brilliant is, it's located in East Central Wisconsin. Uh, But talk about the local programs that you've been able to put in place in this first season to get kids into cross-country skiing and biathlon. So it's been very difficult for us to be able to really launch a formal program this year because of the the poor snow conditions that we've had. Um, Our intent was to be able to put together a Nordic playground that would have um, a little bit of terrain in a large area that was fairly flat included that um, we'd be able to get school groups to come out and then just get kids engaged and involved and understand what skiing is. We purchased this year uh, the uh, the Nordic Rocks skis and the Nordic Rocks curriculum program that they have um, so that we can do that for school groups of up to 50 or 60. Um, and we don't have to fit them into boots and we don't have to fit poles specifically to them. They just strap their snow boots right in and off they go. And we're able to, by able to accommodate a large, a larger group like that, we're going to be able to hopefully entice a few of these, you know, young kids that are fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. When they go home, they can tell their parents, hey, this might be something I want to try to do. And, and, and the sport doesn't have to involve, you you know, something that's wrapped in leather that you throw, um, that there's a little more to it. And, and from there, one of the things that we'll springboard into this year, hopefully, is with those infrared rifles that we have in targets, um, we could take those into a gym school setting and uh, let kids understand about 
what it's like to, to shoot a biathlon rifle that's in a, a non-lethal setting and, and they can shoot those IR rifles at those targets, make some friendly competitions between the kids, get them running around the gym and, and, and get them into uh, what potentially would be a situation where they may say later, hey, I want to be involved in this mom and dad. And, and then hopefully, as John uh, said when he was here, that some point down the line, there's going to be an Olympian that comes out of this this area and they just don't know it yet. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about the Nordic Rocks program. That is just such a great program in place around the country to help introduce kids to sport. And how how has the Nordic Rocks program really helped you at the Aaron's Nordic Center? Not only does it give us a point where we can get all of the equipment that we need in one spot, they also have a really great curriculum put together that has we, we don't have to go out and dig up uh, activities for these kids to be able to do that might not be ski specific. They've done a great job of, of cultivating that already and seeing what works and what doesn't. So we're able to uh, apply a lot of their curriculum into the, the lessons that we can give them out here. And, and for the most part, it's really an exploring situation. It's getting them on the skis, getting them comfortable. I mean, they're going to fall. You teach them how to get up. That's that's like the first half hour, you know. Um, and then after that, it's do they want to get on a hill? Do they want to try to ski down a hill? And that's exhilarating for them. And that feeling, they go home and they're really they're really excited about that. And part of that, like today, we were talking earlier that we've got a group of kids and we've got enough skis to do half the group. It's an enormous group. So half the group is skiing right now. And the other half is in our museum that has a classroom setting. And they are being their own John Mortons. They're making their own trails uh, on construction paper and pipe cleaners and, and cotton balls. And, and so they're, they're coming up with their own trail designs. And then they get to come out and ski after they're done doing that. So they learn a little bit about snowmaking. They learn a little bit about the equipment that we use. Um, and then they get to get on the equipment and try skiing. So it's, um, we're, we're able to, to kind of, like I said, springboard off of what the curriculum that they give us and then still be able to curtail it to our trails, our system, and what works for our staff. I just love that concept. I never thought about that. And kids really have this propensity to be creative and come up with new ideas. Uh, so do you see some future trail designers coming out of this group, maybe? Yes, I definitely see some uh, future John Mortons that can come out of this. These kids today, I can't go, I can't wait to go back and see the maps that they created. Um, but some of the kids were, they wanted really big hills. So they were stacking popsicle sticks with glue and covering them with, with cotton balls. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you, you, you understand that, you know, like what John said to me at one point, you know, I can look at it from the top down, but you got to go out there afterwards and tell me, is this hill too steep or is this corner too fast? Or do we need to change something here? And that's the same thing these kids are learning is they're going to build it. And then they come out and ski and you could say, this hill is the same size as the one you just made. And they said, yeah, I'm going to have to go peel a little off the top of that and make sure it's safe for, for everybody to come out and ski. That's just a spectacular idea. Let's look ahead to summer. You have roller ski trails. Uh, uh, you have summer biathlon capabilities. So uh, what? Wh how do you see those programs uh, helping both in the community and around the, the Midwest? For the community, I think we have to, we don't want to put people that aren't really skiers onto roller skis right away. Um, we want to get them kind of dip their toe into it. And we can start them with some biathlon um, triad programs that we're going to run this summer and then can move them into uh, trying roller skiing after that. As far as the next level goes of the local biathlon clubs, it's going to be invaluable for them. They don't have to go out and roller ski on a road with cars coming at from behind them and looking over your shoulder all the time. The master's level athletes uh, having a closed course uh, is, is key for them as well to keep their training up. 
And then I think at the elite level, uh, like when the national team was here, they just kept saying how cool this was. They were actually kind of naming the trails as they were skiing out here, which was really cool to try to just hang on the back of their group for a little while and, and see what that rare air is like. If local athletes are, are close to this place, they've locally like, likely already have, um, you know, an annual pass and they're going to be here using it, using it year round. But starting about May, June, they'll be right back into roller skiing again. Cool. Monica, I want to go back to you and talk a little bit about the relationships that uh, you and Aaron's have forged with the athletes, most notably Deja Irwin and Paul Schomer, both natives of Wisconsin and actually grew up not too far away from Brilliant. What has that meant to the company to have athletes of that caliber, Olympic biathletes, coming to Brilliant and meeting the people in town and meeting the kids and really being a part of your community? Yeah, I think the Olympics that we just came out of here really put Deidre and Paul on the map for our local communities too with what we're doing. So it's been great. Uh, Paul and Deidre have both come out and have trained here and have been in the local schools too, um, meeting with students and doing meet and greets and sharing the word on what we're doing. And uh, it's really special having them right in our backyard. And early on when we were first designing and developing Aaron's Nordic Center, Deidre and her mom came out and I drove him around in a utility vehicle on the property and was explaining, oh, this is what we're going to do here and here and here. And they're like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> and so it was just really fun to be able to show them and them getting to be kind of a part of it from the very beginning too, and how excited and ecstatic that they are to have this in their hometown where they grew up. When Deidre and Paul were here, we did a a christening of our range with them and a few others from the national team. And I mean, the smiles on Paul and Deidre were ear to ear, just ecstatic of, I can't believe that this is here in my hometown. Um, it's been so great having them um, and being an advocate and having them connect us with the coaches and the athletes and the programs that they started uh, in as well here and getting to kind of get to know those individuals and having them get to be able to come and train at Aaron's Nordic Center this winter has been really great and fun and um, really excited to see where this goes with them getting to be a part of it too. So, Just wearing your hat as a member of the uh, Aaron's staff and a part of the Aaron's family, what does this mean to a family-owned company to have a partnership with an organization like U.S. Biathlon and, and to be up close with these Olympians and know that, you know, you're really doing something to help them? Yeah, it's kind of fascinating and hard to wrap your head around <laughs> a little bit. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty cool and not often as a part of a company or a family company and do you get to have this opportunity to build those close relationships with a brand that you sponsor? So it's, as a family member, it's been great. We've been able to connect with Deidre's family, Paul's family, and just it's on a whole nother level of, you know, it's beyond just a sponsor. It's developing those relationships and it's quite special. I don't really have a, a good word for it. It's, it's unique. I don't think it'll ever happen again. <laughs> it, um, it's it's special. Sean, I want to before we go on to our on target section, I want to close it out. And Sean, uh, you've you've spent uh, your life in Wisconsin. I'm from Wisconsin, actually, and there really is this special culture for Nordic sport. It goes way back. It goes back to the immigrants from Scandinavia, uh, but. But it is really special in the state. Uh, this Nordic Center is very special within that. 
talk a little bit about that Nordic culture in Wisconsin and how this really gem of a Nordic center, the Aaron's Nordic Center, is so special within the state. You know, I'm so blessed to have had my parents put me on skis when I was a little kid and, and just let me go, you know, skiing, skiing at an archery club that that one of the local ski shop guys had to had to, you know, make the trails himself because there were no grooming implements or anything. And that that culture of, you know, 10 or 15 people that get together every week to to do a kid's race, an adult's race, and then get to get to be close and personal with guys that eventually like mentors of mine that moved on to be on junior national teams and at junior Olympic teams, as they called them back in the day. Um, and then get to be as close and personal with, with the Berkebeiner and, you know, other local uh, athletes and being able to see, you know, wondering how do they do? You're so far behind. How did they do? And Luke Bonensteiner comes to mind and, you know, we need, famously took a wrong turn and almost won the thing, you know, uh, the Berkey, you know, those kind of things, being involved in that, you just, you're not that close to it anywhere, uh, anywhere else that I've been. The fact that there's nothing really, there's, there's county parks, there's state parks, there's a handful of great Nordic centers in, in the area, but we've kind of stepped over that and brought it to a completely different level here, having all these amenities in one place and, and hearing from the local community um, of, you know, master skiers and high school skiers, the teams, even UWGB who skis here on a regular a regular basis to see that their team is growing um, and will grow in the future and having the ability for them to be on snow consistently throughout the years. It's, I, it's really a feather in the cap in the cap to what Aaron's vision here, what Dan vision here, what Monica brought to this point we're going to be here for a long time. And, and people are, when I hear people out on the trail skiing now and just saying, wow, half the time, and they're, they're speechless of what they're getting to ski on. It's, it's, it, as Monica said, it's unique. It's definitely unique. She put it very well one day saying that we're kind of changing the formula for Nordic skiers here. You're used to those state parks, county parks. They're not used to, when you drive up here and see what this place is, you can't help but be impressed by the size of it and the, the enormity of it. But then when you get on it and get to ski it, and then we've got staff that can relate to people easily and people relate back and that it's not something that they can't come and do. It's affordable and it's going to help them just get to the next step. So I think we're going to be ingrained in that culture that you talk about here in the state of Wisconsin. And being that there's nothing else in the middle of the state, you know, we're definitely, definitely on the map right now and, and, and so thankful to be a part of that. So, folks, if you're on a Midwestern vacation this summer, make it a destination to check it out and maybe even make a plan for next winter to get out to the Aaron's Nordic Center in Brilliant. We're going to move now into our on-target section. I've got just a few final questions. And, uh, Monica, I want to go to you first on this one. If you look back into all the work that you put in in this thing, you know, and you bring it to fruition, what's either the biggest surprise or the biggest memorable moment uh, you've had over this past winter in bringing this thing to life? Yeah, I think finally just seeing it all come together and us opening for our very first day. There was a lot of hard work and planning putting in, put into it and actually seeing a final product. And one of my favorite, it is my favorite memory right now is just the very first skiers out on our trails were an employee and her husband, which I was like, this couldn't be more perfect because it's, it's also, it's a benefit for our employees here in the community and to see the excitement of our own employees who are the first ones out. They're big Berkey skiers too. So it was, that was a great, a great moment for me seeing it all come together for the first time and that it got to be one of our own employees who was the first person out to enjoy what Sean created. 
great story. Now, now, Sean, uh, Monica took the ball up to the 50-yard line or maybe even beyond and then handed off to you. What was your biggest surprise or your best memory this season as it came to life? I'll, I'll, I'll drill down to one. I've got two, but I'll, I'll get the, the first day was definitely a cool thing to see those first people come out and ski. I think my favorite was when we weren't going to run any races this year uh, just to get our get our skis under as, as it would be. And uh, Traverse City called us and said, uh, can you put on a J&Q, uh, the qualifiers here, because we have a 5% chance of putting it on. We don't have enough snow. Um, can you help us? And we were able to pull the race off with 125 kids out here on just 3.5K of man-made snow. We happened to, that was, that was an accomplishment in itself, but we thought of what other thing can we, we don't have like a, a big sledding hill or anything right now. So what else can we do to allow these, you know, let these kids have a good time while they're here? And we thought, well, let's just open the biathlon range up. And we were fortunate enough to have John Farah here along with Greg Pattison, our local uh, expert here and, uh, you know, a biathlon guru. And they said, we're in, we're going to open the range and just let these kids shoot. And the idea was we told the coaches in the coaches meeting the night before, if your athletes want to go shoot afterwards, send them out to the range. Well, we had 72 kids lined up out there shooting and John and Greg were just under fire the whole time trying to keep them all going. John told me later that some of these kids were so excited and so engaged in it that they were going back and switching jackets and hats and glasses with their friends so they look different and come back and get a second chance at shooting. He said it happened more that he's like, I, you were here already. He's there like, no, we weren't, we weren't here shooting. And one kid, it I was my he, brother. What's that? <laughs> yeah. It was my brother. One, one kid even tried to like throw an accent in there or something, you know, it, it's like, no, you're, but yeah, go ahead and shoot again. So I, I think the kids having the experience to that, having that on site here and giving them exposure to that, if we created maybe the urge for, one or two of them even to move into biathlon. I think, you know, we've already got great skiers there. We can make them shooters for sure. So that was, that was really one of the coolest moments of this, of this whole year for, for me, for sure. It's really gratifying to see that. And I think we're starting to see that at more and more clubs right now where, where kids, they just want to try this biathlon thing, you know, and I know that's one of John Farah's objectives is to get more opportunities out there for cross-country skiers. Let's, let's look ahead now, right now, you're coming out of the winter shortly and heading into spring, summer, and fall. Uh, I'll go to you, Sean, first, and then to Monica, but Sean, what's one thing you're really looking forward to at the Nordic Center at Aaron's this summer? I really want to see some see our range really start to start to get a lot of use this year. Uh, get some get some school programs in here to give it a shot, um, to take a shot stuff that we can do here as a program. Just exposing more athletes to that, I think, is the first thing that's going to be great. The second thing is when I see a, a trail full of roller skiers out here from from the the, the college groups, the the high school groups, the local teams, local clubs. I think we're going to be just as busy as, you know, we are, we are during the, uh, during the winter season here for sure. Monica, how about you? Something you're looking forward to this spring and summer? Yeah, we're in the midst of planning some youth camps for students. So I'm excited to see how, how that ends up and the appetite for youth uh, getting out to our Nordic Center and seeing what they're interested in and giving them exposure to the different activities we'll have. And one of the amenities that we'll have is our pond that we created for snowmaking. We're also going to activate that uh, for swimming recreation too. And just seeing what kind of programming comes to life with that element with our youth camps. That's something I'm excited to see is getting the youth involved 
uh, all year round at the Nordic Center. Cool. Now, one question we always ask here in Heartbeat is your favorite biathlon venue. And I know that, Monica, you haven't been to a lot of them around the world, but if you had to pick a favorite biathlon venue, what would it be? Well, I'm going to Oslo next week, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. But as of now, I would say Antolts was probably my, my front runner right now. The experience that I had there, that's been my favorite. Well, you're going to love Holman Colon at Oslo. That's an amazing venue. Sean, how about yourself? Favorite biathlon venue? Let me see. Biathlon venues I've been to, uh, well, I think... Uh, they've been limited to all of them in the state of, well, Wisconsin, uh, New York, and Vermont. So I would have to say um, Aaron's Nordic Center for sure. Awesome. I, I was hoping that would come out <laughs> in one of your answers. Uh, just uh, uh, just one more thing, and these are always hard, but uh, uh, Sean, I'm going to go to you first and then Monica. In just one word, one word, what does Nordic sport mean to you? I've got too many words that I would use for it. I was trying to think of a big enough one that would encompass it, but lifestyle. Lifestyle. It is. Monica, how about you? One word. You've had a little bit more time to study. I'm watching you. You're pondering. I am. I was waiting to see what Sean was going to say. That was a good one. I would say community. And community is what you're building there in Brilliant. Yeah. Well, Monica and Sean, I thank you for joining us here on Heartbeat. Uh, we are so thrilled to have this facility open, the Aaron's Nordic Center in Brilliant, Wisconsin, and we look forward to many, many more seasons. So thanks for all you're doing for your community in Wisconsin, but also for the overall biathlon and Nordic community. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Just before the season began this year at the grand opening of the Aaron's Nordic Center, Olympian Deja Irwin was actually tearing up a bit at the thought of such a great facility only a short distance from where she grew up in northern Wisconsin. The Aaron's Nordic Center will play a huge role with the public, providing youth and juniors in the region with a place to ski and train. And before we go, I want to send a final shout out to Paul Smith College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon. To learn more, go to paulsmithsbobcats.com. That's paulsmithsbobcats.com. If you missed earlier episodes of Heartbeat this season, check out the recent interview with Paralympic biathlon champion Oksana Masters. And remember, you can watch the IBU World Cup all season long. Check out links at usbiathlon.org and on our social channels. And remember, subscribe to Heartbeat to get every episode delivered directly to you. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon podcast. Heartbeat.